Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth. Praise the Lord. Right, a few weeks ago we started a session on stewardship and we had emphasis on financial stewardship. But when you look at it, stewardship comprises of a lot of things. So it's us being a custodian of what God has given us. He's given us life. He's given us, you know, finances. He's given us time, which is quite important. And I remember saying that, you know, if you are not, um, if you are not a good steward of your time, it would affect every other area of your life. And we talked about, you know, the importance of being a good steward. We talked about cutting our coats according to our size or cutting your coat accordingly, right? <laughs> Amen. And we talked about how we have to be good stewards and accountable because that is the key, us being accountable, knowing fully well that we will give account of everything that God has given unto us. And that includes our time, it includes our money, it includes our children. I mean, everything, basically. So, and I did mention that we can get better at it. So, if we feel that, oh, you know, up till now, I've not been good stewards of what God has given me, we can change and we can get better at it. So, I mean, we had emphasis on finances, which was what the series has been about. And we talked about how it's important for us to have a budget, because that is the only way you can keep track of what you have coming in and what you have going out. So today we're going to you know, show us what a budget actually looks like. I know I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but it's important for us to see, you know, have a template of what it looks like. Before I got you know, um, a bit techy, <laughs> um, I used to just write everything on a piece of paper. I had a pad, and, and I would write all my expenses there. So that at the end of the month, I would know if I've gone over my budget or not. But, you know, we've got a lot of softwares. We've got a lot of applications. You know, we can put these down so that we know where we are with our finances. And, you know, God wants us to be good stewards of our finances. We are his children, and we need to build his kingdom. And we need the finances to build his kingdom. Amen? Amen. So we're going to look today at what a budget looks like. And, you know, just give us a few tips on if we're in debt, how do we get out of debt? There's so many things that we can cover, but I know I'm not going to be able to cover everything today. So we're going to look at how tips for managing money. We're going to look at shopping tips. Let the ladies say, hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> how you don't have to pay full price for things. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at what, you know, an emergency fund is. And we're going to look at, you know, how to pay off you know, our debt snowball method. Like I said, we're not going to be able to cover everything today, but, you know, over the next few weeks, if I'm opportuned, we will cover them because it's really important that we, you know, bear these things in mind. So, as I said before, a budget plan is an account of what you have coming in and what you have going out. It's, you know, it's as simple as that. So, I have X amount coming in and I have X amount going out. Now, we cannot budget on something that we haven't got. You know, I've had people say, oh yeah, I'm expecting X amount to come in and I'm going to budget against it. You can't because if that money doesn't come in, then, you know, you've budgeted against something that you haven't actually got. 
So let's try and bear that in mind. And before we go on, there's a clip that I want us to watch. I know I've sent this out to probably the Women's Fellowship, but I want us to have a look at it again because it's quite important. Amen. I will get there. It's quite relevant, so that's why I really want us to, to take a look at it. Now, as that's loading, if you remember the first session, I showed a clip of a guy that went into a store with um, his girlfriend, and he, he saw a pair of shoes that he really liked, she liked, and when he asked the storekeeper how much it was, and I think he said $5,000 or something like that, and, you know, Immediately, she said, right, that's it. I'm not paying that much for a pair of shoes. And, you know, it was something that really struck me that sometimes, you know, we want to impress people and we would not stop and say, you know what, I can't afford it. I am not buying it. And that was one thing that that guy did. You know, I never mentioned it because I wanted to wait till this point. He didn't have a budget for it. And instantly he said, I'm sorry, we're not buying it. When we save up and we have enough money, then we can buy. But for now, it's a no-no. So it's important that we bear that in mind as well. We're not pleasing anyone. We're only going to get ourselves into unnecessary debt if we do things like that. Amen. Best-selling author, and to many of his fans, a knight in shining armor. You're spending money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't really like. Stop it. A kind of grumpy, curmudgeonly knight in shining armor. But for anyone who's fighting money problems, that kind of advice is crucial. We've pulled together six of Dave Ramsey's best money tips for 2015, and here's what he had to say. If you want to read it for yourself, click on that floating Dave Ramsey head right there. One, this is the year for you to get a side income. But I'm saying if you cut grass for yourself for two people, you could average $25 an hour. And do that do that on Saturday mornings before the kids get up, your mama comes over and sits there while they're still asleep or something. I don't know. But let's start to think that way with the short term to get the income up. Even if you just did a few little things and made a thousand bucks a month, dude, that changes your whole life right now. Two, only buy what you can afford up front. You've been buying stuff like out of control. I know, we spend money you don't, like... You don't, like, it's water. I mean, you're broke, and you go buy a new car and put it on payments. Right, so we just keep buying crap we can't afford, like you're in Congress. Right. It's got to stop. you got to stop know. buying things you can't pay for. Three, it's finally time for you to start budgeting your income. Well, the problem is you're getting on the wrong side of this. The money's gone, and then you're trying to look back and see where it went. Yes. Instead, you need to tell it where to go before it leaves. And, and the trick is, you and your husband look at that and say, okay, these are the things we're going to pay with this money this month, and we're not going to use money for anything else. And so before the month begins, all the money is spent on paper, on purpose. Every dollar has an assignment, has a mission, and you don't let any dollars go 
out anywhere you or your husband except to that mission. Four, don't finance a car. I will ride a freaking bicycle before I'm in a car payment. Borrowing money to buy a car is stupid. Borrowing money at 17% to buy a car is stupid on steroids, baby. This is big stupid with a capital S. Five, pick a cheaper school. Now go to where you can afford. You know, don't go $100,000 in debt or $60,000 in debt when you can go to this school over here and, and it doesn't cost you any, I mean, no debt. And the difference in where you go to school, it's very difficult to find any research that says that's why people succeed. Six, stop feeling like you need to have a credit card. I don't own a credit card. I have just a couple of pieces of plastic in my front pocket. I have a debit card on my business, a debit card on my personal account. Um, but I can do everything in my life that you can do except go into debt. And so it's like, it's so weird. Everybody worships the altar of the great FICO. And so God forbid someone should challenge and say, hey, FICO has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes. It's mythology. It's not an indication of wealth building. Praise the Lord. I hope you took something from that. Um, he's one of my financial mentors, and, you know, I listen to him. And sometimes, you know, he talks as if he's telling people off. But, you know, sometimes that is what people need to hear. They need to hear it raw, you know, for it to really sink in. Because what we're doing, you know, when we get ourselves into debt is we're just, you know, We had a, an old evening service dedicated to this, didn't we? Now, some of us, we say, we've been there. We've we bought the T-shirt, haven't we? I think most of us do have the T-shirt. However, when we look at our finances, we're actually still slaves. Because that's what the Bible, I've not said it, that's what the Bible says. That's what the scripture says. That's what Proverbs says, that if you borrow, that you are a slave to the lender. So it's important for us to put all these things in perspective and know exactly what God wants us to do. It's not just something that, oh, Star Jones saying, oh, you shouldn't borrow. Because it's, it, it, it brings, you know, with their shackles. If you're borrowing money from people, if you're buying things that you can't afford, if you're, if you're, if you're taking out credit cards, and credit cards, well, if you use a credit card, that money is not yours. It's somebody else's money. And, you know, I was thinking about this, and I thought if everyone decided to take their money out of the bank, credit cards would not exist. And that is why you find that our grandparents or great-grandparents, they had the system which was trade by butter. I'll do something for you, you do something for me, and, you know, everyone's happy. And maybe we need to go back to that as well. The Ramsey is talking about a side income. If we know that there's something we need to do, get a side income. And we'll talk about that in later sessions, multiple streams of income. So if your nine-to-five job does not pay enough, get something else. Get a skill that will bring in extra money. And that would actually help. So we'll go on and we'll have a look at a couple of templates, spreadsheets. Let's have a look at um, slide 17. Right, I hope you can all see that there. So that is just a template of, um, of a budget. Right, so what you do uh, have at the top is you have an income and you have 
right going down, you have your different expenditures. Now, that is actually a summarized version of it. So this is what I would normally do with mine. I've color-coded it because I like colors and I like pictures. But that actually just helps you to know, to section it and to say, right, how much have I given in charitable, you know, charitable givings? What's my home shopping? How much am I paying towards utilities, my rent or mortgage, whatever it is, transportation? And if you look, you can break all those down, further down into sort of like what they actually are. So the other thing that I've done, which I think I need to highlight is, if you look, the first two are like the first of the month. So you have those, you have the fifth, you have the tenth. And you know, when I've spoken to people, I've said, don't set up a direct debit or a standing order so that everything goes out the first day you get paid. Your account needs to look good, even when your next salary is coming in. So section it in such a way that, you know, when the bank looks at your account or when, you know, mortgage lenders look at your account, they can see that, oh, you know what, this person doesn't spend all their money as soon as it comes in. So you know within yourself that that money technically does not belong to yours because it has a tag on it. But it's important for you to make sure that your account looks good. Now, I've got personal expenses there. Now, so if you want to go out, you want to buy clothes, you whatever it is, that falls under your personal expenses. And it's important for us to save because if we pay out everything and we don't have anything to save, that is when we fall into the you know, trap of having to borrow from people. And that is where we get into trouble. So let's have a look at the other next slide. Right, that's another thing you can do. I've done exactly the same thing, right? However, what I've done on the right-hand side is I've put a percentage beside it. And that's just for my own personal preference and something that Dave Ramsey recommends, you know, in his Financial Peace University training. So at least, you know, okay, how much am I paying towards whatever it is, you know, in terms of percentages. So you don't have to do that, but what's important is that we all know what's going out. You know what's coming in and you know what's going out of your account. Amen? So like we spoke about a few weeks back, we talked about the benefits of budgeting. So having a look at the budget, you know, the two that we've shown there, we have benefits because it gives us control over your money. So you know what your money is doing. And like Dave Ramsey said, you need to tell your money where to go. So that means that every single pound that you have coming in has to have a label on it. Whatever it is that you need to do that month, you need to put a label on it. And it helps you to organize your spendings. It helps you organize your savings. It helps you to decide in advance how your money would work for you. And it helps you to save for those expected or unexpected purchases. And that's why, that's where um, emergency funds come into play. Because there are times that you don't know and things hit you. You know, I, I, I remember this and I was thinking of this this morning. My grandmother, bless her, before she went home to be with the Lord, I would go visit her. And she had, um, beside her bed, she would have a bottle and she would actually have money stuck inside the bottle, you know, like the medicine bottle that we have back home. She would have money put in there and she would put cotton wool on top of it. So if you go and visit her and she wants to give you money, I mean, this is where she'll take the money from. And 
there are times where she'll have money underneath her mattress or she'll go into another room and she's got money there. And you find that these are monies that are kept for emergency purposes. So she knows that, okay, her grandchildren will come visit and she would want to bless them. Or, you know, you need to buy something and you haven't got that money, you know, handy. So you know that, okay, I've got money that I've put somewhere so that if these emergencies come up, you know, I can get to that money. So it's important for us to make sure that we've got something, no matter how little it is. Because if you were faced with an emergency today, what do we do? We go borrow, we use the credit card, or we go to bank of mom and dad, which isn't on the high street, right? And you know, while I say that, let me, let me, let me talk to our parents, you know, and that's myself included. If we keep on dishing out money for our children, whenever they need it. What we're doing, we're not leaving a good legacy for them. We need to make sure that they understand the value of working and the value of making money. I speak to young parents now and I say to them, you know what? We all love our children, but what we don't want to do is leave them a legacy of them paying bills after we've left. So draw up a list. If you clean your bedroom, this is how much you'll get. If you you know, if you help mommy in the kitchen, this is how much you get. And buy them a very big piggy bank that, bank that they can see the money growing in there. So when they do the chores, put the money in there, and they would actually see that money grow. And they would realize that that money does not grow on trees. It grows through hard work. And if we start them young, they would understand the value of working. They would understand the value of money. When they get to an age where they can wash the car, get them to wash the car. They might not wash it as clean as the car wash, but they would do it. And gradually, they'll get better at it. Pay them for doing the dishes. So it's something that we need to, you know, get our children to understand. And when they get into the working environment, they would continue to cultivate that habit of saving. So if we look at some of the drawbacks, if we don't budget, what happens? We have no idea where the money is going. There's an inability to save for the rainy day or for future purchases. And it opens up, up to borrowing. And you know, like I said earlier on, if you're borrowing and you can't pay back, you are a slave. And that's what the Bible says. You know, Psalm 37, 21, and I want us all to read that together. You know, I saw that and I was like, ooh, right. <laughs> Psalm 37, 21. So can we read that together, please? It says, the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. So does that mean that, you know, if you borrow and you don't repay, what does that mean? That means that we're wicked. And that's what the Bible says. I haven't said it. That's what the scripture says. Because if you go and borrow from someone, you know, nine out of ten times when you go and borrow, you tell, oh, you know what, can I borrow 500 pounds from you, please? I'll pay next week. Right? And then next week comes, and then you start hiding because you can't pay the person back. But the thing is, and I don't know if it's something we've ever thought about, right? If we are credit worthy, we would not go to friends to borrow the money. 
we would go to the bank. You know why? Because I wouldn't want to tell Stephen the reason why I want to borrow that money. I don't want to open up my secrets to him. But you don't, with the bank, hey, it's, it's, it's an individual establishment. The bank wouldn't tell your friends that you've borrowed money from them. So that means that if someone is coming to borrow from you, or you're going to borrow from somebody else, something's not quite right. The maths are not adding up. You know, and I remember Dad saying this some time ago. He says, you know, when people phone you, right? <laughs> you know, Sister Rose phones me on a Sunday morning, not to borrow money. Let me make that clear. But when she phones me, because she does it so often, I know the reason she calls. She calls on behalf of Angel, right? Oh, what's the, what's the color for today again? Oh, Angel's phone's faulty. But you know what? If she was calling me to borrow money, right, it would get to a point that I wouldn't want to pick a call because I know what she's after. Oh, oh, that person, they want money again. They want money again. And, you know, it, it, it ruins relationships. It ruins the fellowship. You know, my directors at REMA said they do not stand for, um, they, do, they don't stand um, as shorty for anybody. And they don't expect anyone to stand as a shorty for them. That means that as a guarantor, sorry, <laughs> they don't stand as a guarantor for anyone. And they don't expect anyone to stand as a guarantor for them. So they save their money and they spend it. Now, that doesn't mean they don't bless people if they need to. But the point I'm making here is no, they don't put themselves in a situation where they have to chase somebody down for the money that ha they've lent them. And it's a habit that we need to get into. You know, one thing is God knows our needs. And he would always place on the hearts of people if they need to bless you. So we don't need, you know, the sob stories of, oh, can I borrow X amount or can I do? Because with the best will in the world, when you ask for that money, you might be planning to pay that money back. But stuff happens and you're not able to. And it ruins your fellowship. It ruins your relationship. And it just spirals out of control. You know, there's a scripture that says, you know, Romans 13. It says, Oh, no man, nothing but to love them. Now, I know for the scholars, it is not actually a scripture that is directed at finances. This scripture actually relates to the love of God for us. But you know, we can use it here because the Bible tells us that we should just love people. You know, in loving, yes, you can reach out to them financially, but you should owe them, no, no, owe them nothing. Because we are called to be lenders unto nations, aren't we? So if we're lenders unto nations, why are we having to borrow? Deuteronomy says, it says, For the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised you. It says you would lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. And you will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. Now, they would rule over us if we're always asking to borrow from them. 
We saw a clip here not too long ago, Steve Harvey and uh, T.D. Jakes, when he talks about owning your own happiness. And part of that clip says you have to make relationships count. Your relationship with God first, and then your relationship with your children, your family, your brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, the people around you. But if we go against the, the, odd, the commands of God, we're not making those relationships count. So it's really important for us that when we, you know, that we start to budget, and that way we can live within our means. And like I said a few weeks ago, we don't have to impress anyone. As long as what we, we're contented with what we have. You know, I, I have this saying, as long as it's not food, it can wait. If it's not food, it can wait. Amen? We can, we can actually um, borrow. It says... Um, we can borrow to, we can um, learn to nations. Okay, I, I was thinking that if we can learn, then it's right for us that to borrow. No, it's not. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, right, when you, when you look at it, we are Abraham's seed. And God blessed Abraham immensely. God blessed Solomon immensely. Did he not? Amen. So, as God's children, the Bible says he owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. The gold is his, the silver is his also. So, if we manage our resources properly, there will be no need for us to borrow. The Bible also talks, it says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for who? For the righteous one. Because the righteous one knows what to do with the wealth that God has given unto us. So, if we're borrowing, as the Bible says, that we are slaves, because what we're doing is we're making ourselves subject to the person that we owe. And for that reason, whatever they say goes. Does that, are we clear on that? Amen. It, it says that we will learn to nations. That's right. Yeah, so as a believer, I can learn to someone. Is that? No? Uh, pardon? As a believer, I can learn. Right, okay. Let's, let's put that in perspective. Now, what it means in that respect is that we would be wealthy enough, the wealth of God, we will be wealthy enough to the point that we can actually take care of nations. You know, the scripture also tells us that whatever we cannot give away, we should not lend. So, if we're wealthy enough, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah? Are you yeah. Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> I didn't quite catch that. Whatever we... Whatever, whatever you cannot give away, mm -hmm. you don't lend it. So if you are lending to somebody, it means you are willing to You're give willing that to part, away, that. part with that. Otherwise, you find that it would affect your relationship with that person if that person doesn't give you back the money. Is that very clear? Yeah. Do we have any other questions? Yeah? So let's, let's bear that in mind. Yes, Charlie. What does it say about charging interest? 
What does it say about charging interest? I, I actually have read that, but I would come back to you with the correct answer. I've read that in the scriptures, but I'll come back to you with the correct answers because I don't want to misquote. Yeah? Okay. Right. So, going on from there, one thing that I really want to bring out on this is delayed gratification. Right? And I know somebody will say, what is that? Now, we are in a microwave generation, as I call it, because we want instant gratification. So we start up a business, and we want to spend the money before, you know, we calculate and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a 1,000 pounds, and we want to spend the 1,000 pounds before the products are sold. Now, one thing we need to be able to do is wait until we have the profits. So we make sure that, you know, and I, I got this clip. It says delayed gratification is one of the most effective personal traits of successful people. People that delay gratification are more successful in their career, in their relationships, in their health, in their finances, and really in every area of their lives. Because they're not too quick to eat into their profits. So what they do is they, they go into business or they're working and they save and they plow it back and they save and they plow it back and plow it back and plow it back to the point that, okay, they know now I can start to pay myself. Now I can start to take out of the profit. So it's important that we bear that in mind as well. You know, while, we, while we're working through our budgets, you know, I, I, the interest rate has gone down. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, good for some, not good, too good for, if you're, invest, if you're an investor, it's not too good for you. But if, you, if, you, if you've got a mortgage, then yes, in a way it's good. Because this is an opportunity for you to put more towards your mortgage. And that would help to, you know, pay off the mortgage a lot quicker. So, there are things that we need to think about. And in the next sort of, like, sessions, what we'll do, we'll look at, you know, tips on getting ourselves out of debt. You know, if, you've got, if you're in debt, you know, don't, don't ignore it. Because it's not going to go away, and it will only get worse. You know, get independent help. Be honest about it. When you drop a budget, you know, write every single thing down. It would help. And if you're in debt, speak to your debtors. Let come to an agreement of how you're going to pay it back. And if you do come to an agreement, please stick to it. It's important that you know, if you agree that okay, I'm going to pay X amount. Yes, sir. You do have a question? Hallelujah. Would you consider um, getting a mortgage and borrowing it? Yes. Uh. <laughs> the, the, you see, let's, let's be honest about this. There is no two ways about it. It is borrowing. But you know what the Bible says is if you borrow and you cannot pay back. Right? So when you borrow... When you get a mortgage, right, you go into agreement with the bank to say, I will pay X amount back every month. And that is why, if you remember the first session I did, I mentioned how many houses are being repossessed. Right? We need to live in a house, right? Isn't that so? Yes. Well, I'm just thinking, like, you know, you, know, you, you hear messages, not to borrow and this kind of thing, because I'm... I'm in the middle of uh, getting a mortgage, and I have this thing on my mind, like, you know what? I'd rather have 350K and buy the house. But I'm like thinking, 
put me on fifty thousand pounds plus cash for a house when I can use hundred thousand to do some business here in town and over and elsewhere. Okay, brick and mortar appreciates, right? And it would be amazing if you can buy your house debt free, and that is what we all aspire to do. But if you look at having a mortgage and what you pay compared to you paying a landlord every month, which one works out better? A mortgage. And one, one more thing. Yes. You know, this, you know, you, can, you should not borrow some or lend someone what you cannot part with. Obviously, it affects relationships. But I said, there's there some, there some times that some people I need and um, they are in, say for instance, they want to put in their association to the home office and they need some deposit in their account, something like things. And you know, and you have to borrow them, say like 15,000 pounds or something because they're working towards having 50,000 pounds in their account. Let, 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 let's just be clear. Let's be clear about this, yeah. right? What you're doing is you're telling the Home Office, I've got 15,000, but you actually haven't got that 15,000. Mm. Are, we, are we lying or not? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it, no, it's as simple as that. And you know, God is a faithful God. If, you, if you've got 5,000, this is what I've got. And God can, even with that 5,000, ensure that you get what you're supposed to get. It's our trust in God. Because if someone takes 15,000 of you and puts it in their account and you can't get that money back, what happens? <laughs> Amen. So, you know, let, let wisdom prevail. Amen. You got a question? Go ahead. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at everything you said and it all makes sense. Um, so, would you say, is it fair to say then sometimes um, we need to exercise our faith a bit more in terms of our finances and when God's going to provide for us in certain situations where we may be, you know, short of income. Would you say that's probably the most of the, the majority reason why, you know, we find Christians in debt and in, in, in trouble. They're not managing their finances well and then there's a lack of faith as well um, right. in certain areas of their life. Um, so maybe, like for instance, let's put in business owners. You know, business owners, they want to make a, a certain investment, um, but they're, they're scared they don't have enough money at, at present, so they'll go to the bank and lend the money instead, um, where we should kind of more depend on God to provide the income, um, the, 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 the initial investment to then in apply into the business and then get that return. Would you, would you say that's a fair point to say? Right. You, you said something. You said, is it sometimes we need to exercise our faith? No. All the time we need to exercise yeah, our faith. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Now, when it comes to business ventures, right, when it comes to business ventures, you know, trust God and ask God what you should do, right? Am I saying that getting, um, getting uh, a business loan is wrong? It's, you know, it's totally dependent on you. Borrowing generally is wrong, whichever way you look at it. Now, like he, uh, Dave Ramsey said, you know, getting a car loan is is, is, is stupid. Getting a car loan with 17.5% is stupid with steroids. Now, if you get a loan for a business and that business falls through, you're going to still be left paying that loan. So these are things that you need to bear in mind. Things are, you know, we don't live on easy street. Things happen. Stuff happens. And you have to be prepared that if things go down, you still have to be paid that, you know, whatever it is, you get from the bank. Are we clear on that? Amen. 
So, you know, my, my, my time is actually, is actually over. I'm, I'm sure I'll be back to be able to. I have five more minutes. Praise God. Right. Thank you for that. So let's look at quickly. Yeah, you do have a question. It's my wife's question, but she said I gotta <laughs> ask. No, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just as curious. We've been in situations in ministries and churches and so on where, you know, uh, it'd be a, a certain minister in a church that would say, well, look, we have a Holy Ghost wave here. Come and get your blessing. And uh, those of you who don't have the money to um, do the, the, the 20 pounds or the, even the 1,000 pounds or even the million pounds, whatever, you have credit cards, tithe from your credit card, and uh, so on. And the Lord's going to do it for you. He's, because you're doing it by faith. And can, I I <laughs> yeah. can I answer that? <laughs> I, seems quite, quite familiar <laughs> to everybody. So <laughs> Amen. We have a Holy Ghost wave. <laughs> The Holy Ghost wave can come to your own home as well. Now, you know, on a very serious note, whatever God has not placed in your heart, right? And that's, he's said this so many times, maybe not recently, that if he preaches something and our spirit does not agree with it, hang it on the shelf, right? If there's a tele-evangelist or whatever, a Holy Ghost wave, whatever, now, like I said earlier on, a credit card is not your money. It's somebody else's money. So what you're doing is you're borrowing somebody else's money. Albeit, yes, you'll pay back at the end of the month. If you don't, interest will go on. But at the end of the day, I personally, and I've not seen it in scripture, where you borrow to sow a seed. Now, saying that, the Lord can put on your heart that you can sow a seed in faith. So that when that money comes in, you pay it over. But not with your credit card. Not with your credit card. And not, and not with your food money. And not with your rent or mortgage money. Well, you know what? I thank God that we have the word of God and we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. I've sat in services and I've watched TVs where people have 500 pounds or 200 pounds and then it goes to 100 pounds and it goes down and it goes down. Oh, okay, even if it's just 20 pounds. But if the Holy Spirit is not speaking to me, it, it, it bounces off. And we have to get ourselves to that point. Don't be intimidated by what a minister of God says. Amen. Hold on. Yeah, hold, hold yours for a minute. But you know, in regards to being encouraged to sow a seed, whatever it may be, you know, Jesus, when he stood there, he watched the widow and he says, this woman has given more than any, any one of us. Why? Because he gave from, his, from her heart and she gave all that she had. I don't really believe that you, God... The Holy Spirit will tell you that use your credit card in regards to money that you don't have to sow a seed in the body of Christ because you are borrowing. And God says borrowing is wrong. So why is he telling you here borrowing is wrong and here go and borrow? Are you with me? God will encourage you 
Maybe the Holy Spirit will prompt you to sow your last pound. Yes. Because, you see, when God is telling you that, he wants to bless you. But he wants you to act in faith. Then he will have a, a substance to work with. For that reason, you will be prompted to do something so that he can also do something. <laughs> we, we do have a meeting. Yeah? Nikki. Oh, praise God. Okay. Well, it looks like we've gone over. <laughs> we <laughs> I think we'll have to take that as the last one. I mean, please hold your questions and I would appreciate for now. Send them to me and we'll make sure that we answer those questions. Please, yeah? Based on what Pastor Daniel said and Brother here, and I visited church quite recently and they were building a new church and they wanted about $85 million for the church. And on the sheet that they give you when you go in church, it says on the, um, the sheet that those that works has to pay $250. And those that don't work has to pay $100. So what should you do? Because I was a bit confused about that. So in situation like that, what do you do? You do what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. You know, it's, it's interesting you said that. God could actually raise one person up to put four, five million dollars towards it. But when there's a levy on people, it makes things difficult because people's circumstances differ. So do whatever the Holy Spirit, if you, if you, if you don't feel peace in your heart, pack it to one side. Don't, you know, allow anyone to put pressure on you. Amen. Hallelujah. Right, I'm going to have to round up now, but, you know, we, we'll carry on, and if we've got questions, please submit them, and we'll deal with those questions later on. Have we had anything from this? Yes, amen. So next week, we're going to carry on. <laughs> amen. And we're going to look at credit cards next week. We're going to look at balance transfers. We'll look at savings. We'll look at multiple streams of income, and we'll look at baby steps to financial freedom, because that's where we all want to be, isn't it? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30 a.m. at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.